Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how to grow their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the GRIT Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth, the founder of Sisu, the growth automation software for real estate, and your host of the show. And I'm super pumped up about the show we have today. I'm here today with Paul Ross. The reason I'm super excited about this, Paul is an expert, really master practitioner of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So, uh, geez, Paul, um, you've been an author, trainer, speaker, doing things in this area for what, 30, 30 plus years now? 32 years going into my 33rd year. I'm probably been doing this longer than some of your listeners have been alive. <laughs> yes, that's probably true. So where, where are you based out of? I'm in lovely, beautiful San Diego, California. I used to be an Angelino, but I couldn't take LA. I'm celebrating my fifth year here in this beautiful city that I love so much. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so you've taught tens of thousands of people about NLP. I think people in the real estate world think of NLP maybe a little bit more of like, okay, this is just, they, their training might have been just around sales conversations, how to have, you know, ask smarter questions, if you will, how, how to be better in that aspect. But I want to go deeper than that, because I know NLP is way deeper than that. I just told you my, my wife just paid uh, $25,000 plus to go through, you know, a, a seven day training course on NLP. And, and I know it goes very deep, but it's really, it's really neuro-linguistic programming. I mean, my take on it is it's, it's really the, the thoughts that we, that we tell ourselves, and then it goes to how we communicate beyond that, but I'm probably way off. So I want, I want you to tell us really what, sure. what is neuro-linguistic programming? Sure. Well, there's an old joke that if you ask two rabbis for their opinion on a question, you get... 300 different opinions. So if you sit to NLPers or NELPers, as we call it, across the table and say, what is NLP? You'll get all sorts of opinions. I'm just going to give you my experience, my map, and nothing I'm going to teach you today as we explore together on this journey of neurolinguistic programming and how you can use that and other techniques I teach to increase your sales. Nothing I say is true with a capital T. It's only a map. It's my model that's worked for me and thousands of my students. So that said, NLP. Well, so me, when you say that, let's stop there for a minute, because I think that's so important to, to recognize when you say it's it's not true. It's your map. Are, are you are you meaning it's your perception? Like everyone, everyone's perception is their reality. What's my reality is different from your reality, right? I don't mean it quite that, that mystical schmistical uh, way. Forgive me. I mean, no insult. What I mean is it's a map based on my experience of using NLP at, that works, but it may differ from other people's definitions and, and the rules that they lay out for the use of it. That's okay. what I mean. Okay. So for me, NLP is about a few things. First and foremost, it, it's a series of presuppositions, of postulates about how human beings work that human beings are not broken or stuck. It's just that what we do in a certain context works, but in the context we're trying to use it, it, it doesn't work. There are times, for example, when it pays to be aggressive, but if you bring that into the context of your relationships, you're gonna get into trouble. So NLP looks at how people form their maps to the world, what's missing and what needs to be there. For example, I used to be a dating coach. I don't put this in my biography because I like to spring it on <laughs> my hosts and see how they respond to it and how the audience, excuse me, responds to it. But I used to be a dating coach. And so I had to take these guys who were really, really stuck, get them out of their shame, fear, shyness, teach them how to present themselves with some genuine confidence and then how to talk like actual human beings instead of robots. 
In the course of doing that, I had to build my own models about how these guys stayed stuck. So it's a technology that says people are not broken. What they are doing just doesn't work for them in a certain context. Now, I can, let me unpack it and, and make it bring it home and make the connection for you. These guys were almost all computer programmers. Thinking in code and in software worked very well for their job, very well. But in the context of human relationship, didn't work at all. So it's not that I'm going to take that away from them. I'm going to say, hey, you're not broken. In that context, thinking like a coder, in the context of your work, that's great. It just doesn't work in this context at all. So one of the postulates of NLP is anything we do is resourceful in a certain context. And if people are not getting what they want, it's not because there's something inherently wrong with them or it's their destiny or the universe doesn't like them. It's simply that their map of what's possible for them, their skill sets, etc., is lacking. And the second thing that I think NLP is about, it's a modeling technology. When Bandler, who's a mathematician, and Grinder, who's a linguist, first got together to create NLP, they said, how can we combine our skills as a mathematician and a linguist to model talent? Their idea was to take excellence, break out the structure of that talent and bring it to the masses. And the person they studied that I think really is the grandfather of NLP was Milton Erickson. Milton Erickson was a hypnotherapist and a medical doctor. He started out doing his, his thing in the 30s and he was to hypnosis in my opinion, what Einstein was to physics. He totally revolutionized it and made it conversational. So gone was the swinging watch and you're going to sleep. A huge part of NLP, I think, is looking at what Erickson did and bringing it into the conversational world. So you can use to conversationally put people into states where they're more likely to buy or to be compliant with what you want them to do. Okay. So let's run with that for a minute so most of our listeners are in real estate they're team owners broker owners possibly agents okay. um i'm sure we have some business owners listening as well but there's really an art to so many of us have have been taught to sell one way for so many years and and this really goes a different direction and so, you know, let's maybe, maybe dive into subconscious selling a little bit. I'll do that. And what that, what that actually means and, and how we do that. Well, I actually used some of it in the very beginning of the conversation and you didn't catch it. I didn't say, uh, I, today I'm going to be speaking to you about NLP and showing you some things. I said, as we begin this exploration together of what, we're, of what NLP is like, I'm just very honored to be the one who's sharing all of this, all of this new learning with you. I use what I call implied relationship words. We share together. We share together. That implies a relationship. So typically, let's bring it down to the ground when I train agents and brokers, et cetera. When you present your marketing plan after you've asked the right questions and blah, 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 blah. And you say, all right, so before I present my marketing plan, and that marketing plan can show how you've listed and pro sold properties in that neighborhood for high prices, et cetera, et cetera. Before I present my marketing plan, I just want to make sure that you feel free to ask questions. That's one way to put it. The problem with that is it's something you're doing to that person rather than something you're doing with the person. Mm -hmm. So I encourage my students to say something like, before we explore our marketing plan together today, I just want to invite you to please share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is going to be made. Now that's a big mouthful, so let's go back and chop into pieces. I said, before we explore together, let's look at those three words, we explore together. We implies it's an activity that we're sharing, not that I'm doing it to you, you get it? An exploration assumes that there is a leader 
And therefore, for every leader, there must be a follower. Exactly. So it's presupposing on the unconscious level that they're following us and that we're their leader. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying I'm your leader. You're going to follow me today. I said, as we explore our marketing plan together, our again, not my or the, but our marketing plan together, mm -hmm. together and again implies a relationship. I invite you, invite. Do we invite people? Do we, an invitation implies that there's something good that you're about to receive. I invite you to share the questions. What's the difference? Uh, I'm going to ask you this question. What's the difference between inviting and sharing? Strike that. What's the difference between sharing and asking? So instead of saying ask questions, I say share questions. What's the difference between those two words? Do we share with people who we don't trust or don't have a relationship with? No, we don't. No, we don't. So using those words, we create a subconscious state of the person feeling like they already trust us. We even go further than rapport. Rapport is great, but what if you can go beyond rapport and get people into a state where they feel like they're following you, like they're your followers? That's even better. And so these words, these little subtle words that sell, which is the title of my beautiful book, look at how handsome I look. These subtle words that sell direct the subconscious or unconscious of the listener to develop these perceptions about us. And we can do it rapidly in like a minute, that quickly. So, so I know you have, uh, so let's talk about, there are four words that you've talked about in the first minute of a sales presentation that you want to hit on. Those, yeah. those are what we just talked about. Yep. We yep. explore together, invite and share. Yep. We explore together, invite, share. So that okay. may be more than four. We explore together, invite, invite share. share. That's five. That's five. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you got me there. There are five words. But if you can create that kind of deep, deep, desire to follow you with five words instead of four, that's still not a bad deal. I'm assuming this is in any sales environment. Let's step outside of real estate for a minute. Give me another, sure. give me another example here. Doesn't matter. You can do this from a stage. I've done this from stages back when there was before COVID. So you're speaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is really, really powerful because all the techniques they teach you about rapport, including NLP techniques, mirror the other person's posture and match their, all that stuff. How do you do that with a crowd of people or where everyone's sitting in a different way? I've done the same thing. I <clears throat> I've said something like, before we explore this fascinating world of influence and persuasion today, I'm not sure at which point you might stop and find yourself thinking, wow, this is really amazing. But as that's taking place, I want to invite you to please share the questions that naturally come up when a great decision is being made. Now, that's a big mouthful, but there's a lot that I've embedded inside of that. And I'll unpack it for you. So I, so I said, before we explore, before we begin this exploration of the world, of influence and persuasion, I'm not sure at which points you might stop and find yourself. Now, find yourself is a powerful phrase. I want to, I would like to sort of put a little pause here and talk about this phrase, find yourself. I use this all the time. If you want to induce a state of compliance, a subconscious compliance state, Use this phrase, find yourself. What does it mean to find yourself doing something? So I'll ask you the question. Did you ever just find yourself falling in love? Yes, I did. Did you ever just find yourself falling out of love? I'm wondering, what was I thinking? That too. You ever find yourself in the refrigerator thinking, wait, what am I doing here? I don't even remember walking over and what I may be looking for. Your head is just in the door of the refrigerator with your hand on the handle. Of course you have. Yeah. So find yourself implies an unconscious action or actions 
that can't be resisted, that requires no effort, and that's just going to happen automatically. Mm -hmm. So if I say, before you discover yourself, paying careful attention to what it is I have to say, or before you find yourself naturally and easily paying attention to what it is I have to say, these all presuppose that you're going to do it and you're going to do it on an unconscious level. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So if someone says to me, why should I hire you as my listening agent? I could, I could give them reasons or I could say, well, Mr. Smith, I wouldn't expect you to find yourself doing that until you easily recognize that's something that you want to do because it feels good and right for you. So thinking about it like that, let me share my, our marketing plan. Yeah. Does that okay. make sense? Are you hearing yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What, what's the one thing that you're actually always selling no matter what your industry or business is? So this is really important. You're not selling real estate and you're not selling your product or service. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. Okay. So I'm selling decisions and good, and feelings. good feelings about decisions. Correct. Now here's what flows out of that, what distills out of that understanding. Decisions are largely made on the unconscious or subconscious level. And the facts, data, and figures are used as a justification, as a rationalization for the decisions we make, largely on that emotional, unconscious, or subconscious level. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So, and then feeling good, we want them to feel good about the decision to avoid buyer's remorse, but also when they feel good about the decision, they're gonna give us referrals. So what's a great way to conclude? Somebody makes a decision in this case of that you've been using that they're going to list with me. Right. How do I, how do I make sure they feel good about that? Well, the way in which I structure it where they perceive that it's a shared activity, not something I'm imposing upon them. Okay. So it's, it's actually done before they make the decision. It's not correct. It's not reinforcing that they made a good decision. It's in the, in the preparation to help them make that decision. Right. The, the way suggestions are, the suggestions are, are implanted in there. So once again, if someone says, well, why should I hire you as a listing agent? There are plenty of people I, I've been seeing all day. And I would turn around and say, well, Mr. Smith, I don't know all the ways you might stop and find yourself doing that. But I'm sure you'll agree. We only want that to happen because it feels good and right for you. So keeping that in mind or thinking about it just like that, let's explore our marketing plan together. Now, we just did so many things simultaneously. We told him to find himself doing it. We gave him the suggestion that it will feel good and right for him. And here's the most important thing. We didn't buy into his frame that we have to convince him of anything. We didn't beg or plead or accept that he's the one that holds all the value. We just turned it around with hypnotic language so that he discovers, oh, wait, I want to do this for myself for my own reasons, and it'll feel good to do it. This okay. is the power. I know this may sound <laughs> a little crazy, but this no, is the power. Well, okay, this, thank you. This is the power of using hypnotic language, subtle suggestion to totally turn people around. And what I want to say is nothing I teach is designed to replace an existing sales process that's working. But if you leave out, if you're leaving out the power of subconscious communication, you're leaving a tremendous amount of commissions off the table. You're leaving them on the table, excuse me, and out of your bank account. And you're not really truly serving your clientele because here's the thing, the presupposition, the assumption that your clients and prospects know how to make good decisions anymore or are capable of it is not so true because now we have tremendous amounts of distraction. I don't know, are people able to watch the video of this interview or is it audio? Yes. It, it depends on the source, but yes, this will be okay. on YouTube where everybody, okay. if you, if you want to watch this, you can, you can log into the YouTube and, and watch it there. You here's can access one, it from the sisu.co website as well. Here's one of your number one enemies 
Brian to making a sale. It's this device. And for those of you who are listening only, it's an iPhone. We are so distracted by this thing that our attention spans have dwindled down to, I don't know, 15 seconds. Do you remember when YouTube originally came out with ads, they were as long as two minutes. Now you can click away in 15 seconds. People have the attention span of goldfish. So your number one problem is that they're so bombarded, they're overstimulated and they have the, they can't pay attention. They can't focus. So this is a huge problem unless you can use this kind of languaging to get them to focus and to almost pre-decide to buy from you before you give them the facts, data, figures, information. It's just not going to go in as effectively. So what I say is if your existing sales process is not working as well as it did five years ago or 10 years ago, there's a reason for it. Keep your process, but when you use this kind of language, the antidote, the answer to all this distraction, this inability to focus, and even their lack of trust of themselves is to use this kind of languaging. You can wipe out all that stuff when you use this kind of languaging. Yeah. Okay. So you've talked about the cell and really the language to use pre-cell to, to subconsciously let them make that decision. What about when somebody has objections? I love this. I, I am the objection destroyer. I am, I am a wrecking ball to objections. Well, I like to use something called the pattern interrupt. Let me talk about pattern interrupts for a minute. It's a principle of hypnosis that people think, respond, and act according to fixed patterns. When you interrupt that pattern, people become extremely suggestible and open to you changing the entire meaning of the interaction. You can change people's behavior like that. May I give you an example, a story? Please. So back when I was a dating coach, I had a student beg me to take him out to a bar, uh, a restaurant that had a bar. And I just didn't like to do that kind of thing, but he offered me 10 grand in cash. I thought 10 grand for two hours of work, I'll do it. So okay, so hold on, hold on a second. So when you were a dating coach, you weren't like lining them up with people. You no. were just giving them the tools to present themselves differently. Correct. Correct. Okay. I wasn't a matchmaker. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I took him to this restaurant that had an outdoor patio area and he was crashing and burning like you wouldn't believe. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being so humiliated for another person that you couldn't take it. You couldn't take He had a rhino, rhino thick skin. He, he didn't seem to care, but I cared. So after two hours of that disaster, watching him get his head handed to him, I, I said, let's go. We're waiting for our cab. I see a lovely lady waiting for her cab. I just casually said, look, there's a lovely lady waiting for her cab. Now it must've gone in the wrong way. And she got furious. Her face turned beet red. She started screaming at me, things that would cause a sailor to turn green. She told me to do things with my anatomy that were just physically impossible. She brought up dead relatives. It was ugly. He went to charge at her to give him a piece of his mind. And, and I put my arm out. I said, no, she can come from wherever she wants. We decide how we respond. Look at her. She's someone's daughter. She's someone's sister. She's someone's best friend somewhere. She's deeply loved. And there was a moment of confusion in her face. And then she burst into tears and she came running over threw her arms around me, wept, sobbed like a baby and said, no one's ever spoken so lovingly to me before. I just, I, I, I love you. You're so kind. And, and it's not, I, I never should have said that to you. Men have been pigs to me all night long. I'm so sorry. And the rest of the story, what happened doesn't matter. But I took her from rage. She was enraged to loving me like that. How was I able to do it? Not just the cleverness of the words. I interrupted her pattern. Her expected pattern of response is either that I would fight back, that I would beg for forgiveness, or that I would run away. I did a fourth thing she didn't expect. So when you interrupt patterns, you have the ability to change meaning and to create states of suggestibility and redirect people. Now let's apply it to real estate, shall we? Sure. 
If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Let's say someone says, I don't want to pay that high a commission. My response is, well, Mr. Smith, with the right agent, you're not paying a commission. You're investing in skills. Maybe you'll get lucky with a bargain basement choice, but do you really want to gamble with the most important asset of your life, your home? Now look at that reframe. It's a really good reframe. With the right agent, implying that you're the right agent, you're not saying it. With the right agent, you're not paying a commission, you're investing in skills. Do you get that? That's a total pattern interrupt. They're expecting you to start negotiating or to say no. It's a complete meaning reframe, as we call it in NLP. Then we're starting to get really underhanded. <laughs> we say, maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe you'll get lucky when it comes to the bargain basement option. So what are, we what are we implying there? Maybe you'll get lucky. It implies that they're gambling. Then we flat out state it. But do you really want to gamble with the most important asset of your life, your home? And of course, the answer is going to be no, I don't. It totally takes that objection and erases it completely. Or if they say something like, well, can you come down a little bit in, in, your, in your commission? I'd say, why would I want to negotiate away your results? Yeah, love it. Or if they say something, let me give you another one. I need more time to think it over. Hey, I totally understand. I, I get where you're coming from. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be the wrong thing to do? Maybe it's not about time, but about the clarity that you need to recognize a great decision is about to happen. So thinking about like that, what is it that we really need to have you put on the table to get clear on this today? Do you see the reframe there? Oh, yeah. So I love it's all uh, there's I have like five different ways to break patterns. And this is one of the things you're going to get for free when you will give out the contact information. Uh, you're going to get two courses and one of them is destroying objections. I just love this stuff. So they're all based on the principle of interrupting patterns. And I discovered this. It's a classic NLP thing. It's also a classical hypnosis thing, but I learned the applications in my dating coaching because I had to interrupt these guys' patterns and and it's pretty powerful stuff and, and virtually no one teaches it and they'll never see it coming. So, so I mean, I mean, I've written down a page of notes here, which I, I think it's great stuff. I, I love it. Thank you. It's extremely valuable and I want to know more. So like, how do I, how do I implement this stuff? Um, rather than just trying to memorize a bunch of questions, how do I really embed this into my everyday right. living So rather than just into my sales well, process? Well, it sounds self-serving. You need a coach. Uh, and I like to say it, take, it takes a big checkbook to hire me. I'm the most expensive coach you'll ever be glad you hired. So, so it does require a coach. I think to get it the level I've got it, you've got to really nail it. You So... Um, I think it requires a coach, but that said, it requires immersion, that you immerse yourself in it, that you understand it. I require my clients to demonstrate to me through testing that they get the concepts behind what I'm teaching. For example, one of the core concepts is whatever you can get your prospect to imagine for themselves is, will be perceived by them as being their own thought. Therefore, they will not resist it. So before you think of the facts, data, figures, any of the rest of it, first, capture and lead their imagination emotions. Next principle, the state of mind that your client is in, I'm gonna unpack that for you, Brian, in a second, is the single most important thing that serves your sale. Now, let me unpack that for you, all right? Because when I teach and train, I teach in metaphors a lot. 
what I'm about to present to you, it's not a trick question. Let's say we want to conduct an electric current. We have a sheet of cardboard and a sheet of gold foil. Not a trick question. Which one of those is going to conduct the electric current, the gold foil or the cardboard? The gold foil. Exactly correct. So think of your prospect state of mind as being the conductive medium and your words, your marketing plan, your negotiation is going to be that electric current. Their state of mind, if they're not in the right, of, right state of mind, you could do the best presentation. You could be have the best marketing plan on the block, offer the best service. But if they're the wrong frame of mind, it's not going to conduct. So what states of consciousness do we want them in? Again, the notion that selling is about structuring and creating states of consciousness is a completely whacked out, off the wall, Bat bleep, I can't swear in your show, can I? Bat bleep, bat shit crazy. I've been called bat shit crazy. I say thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. I am indeed bat shit crazy. But it takes a, someone who's a little out there to see things from a completely different perspective. So what states of consciousness do we want them in? How about focused, completely focused on you? How about a state of childlike willingness to believe you? How about a state of, of trust in themselves as much as trust in you, that they trust that they, they can make a good decision? Nowadays, your prospects don't trust they can make good decisions because they're overloaded, they're overwhelmed, and what used to be a good decision no longer is because of all the financial crises and people remembered that. So trusting you, viewing you as someone they wanna follow, being fascinated, being focused, being present. Those are the states of consciousness we want them in. And the other side of the equation is what state of consciousness do we want ourselves to be in? How about being grounded? How about being interested in the sale, but invested in our skills? How about being out of our head, not out of our mind, but out of our head, meaning we don't have that dialogue chattering away. Oh, are they following me? Am I gonna lose the deal? Where am I? slowing that down so it's there at the bare minimum necessity we need it create creating cultivating sculpting these states of consciousness is a brand new idea and it takes a while to really get the idea but once you get it then the languaging becomes a lot easier to remember and finally you have to to get to this level that i'm at you have to be in love with it we talked in the pre-show, what is it that I really want to accomplish? And I said, I want them to fall in love. I want people to fall in love with language. To get really good, you have to love it. You have to be in love with it. And I'm in love with it. Okay, so I want to dive a little deeper because we're talking about the language with us and in a cells environment. I want to, I want to just go maybe the language we tell ourselves. And I, I want to go there because... The people, and I know a large group of people at this point that have been through in-depth NLP training and the level they came out of that thinking, let me rephrase that. They, they came out of that at a level thinking much, much larger than they ever have before. Yeah. So talk, let's talk about that right now and just... Um, maybe the words we tell ourselves, the, the, the subconscious mind, subconscious language we use, and maybe it's not just subconscious, actual language we use with ourselves when we right. talk about ourselves to other people, that kind of stuff. So can I give a $50,000 bonus to everyone who's listening right now? This is normally for my clients who paid me 50 grand for like nine months of coaching, but I'm gonna give it away as a bonus. Are you so ready? I asked the right question is what you're saying. <laughs> you asked a good question. So I'm going to show you how to eliminate any limited self-belief, any limited negative self-talk. Are you ready? So I learned this. Let me give you the background. I'm going to give it to you. I want to tease just a little bit, tease out how I found it. Remember, I used to work with guys who are 30, 40, 50-year-old virgins who'd never had a date. And their negative dialogue, you ever meet someone who you think is very beautiful and you say, wow, you look great. And I say, no, I look fat in this. And no matter how you try to convince them, they're not going to believe you. 
They're not, they're, they're, not, they're just not willing to accept a compliment. They can't hear it because they have 10,000 repetitions in their own head of saying, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. And the mind works on three universal principles, one of which that I'll reveal today is the mind works on RFM, repetition, familiarity, and momentum. So if you say something over and over and over and over again, it becomes familiar. And then it has what I call cognitive momentum and emotional inertia. So it's not that you are a thing called a self-sabotager or you lack a mysterious fluid called self-esteem. It's that you have a shitty learning strategy. Your learning strategy is to stare at your mistakes in your head and ruminate on them. Like, you know what ruminating is? Like the cattle has two stomachs, it chews on a grass, swallows it, throws it back up, chews it again. So when you ruminate on something, the second universal law of the mind is the mind can't tell the difference between what you dwell on over and over in an attempt to learn from and what you're programming it back into doing. And then when you program it back to doing it, it's going to repeat the behavior that's ineffective. So you get what I'm talking about. You have that cycle of failure. Does that make sense to you? Yes. So what people have is a bad learning strategy. And it all starts with a limiting belief like, I just can't close my big money clients. Or I just can't discipline myself to make my outreach calls. So how serious is it to, to tell yourself something like that? It's crippling. But here's how you get out of it. Here's the three words. Up until now. Up until now. I didn't or up until now, it has been my experience that I didn't close the big money clients. Up until now, this is extremely powerful. Those three words up until now, the first thing they do is they bind the limitation in time. When you say I'm no good at closing big money clients, the unconscious mind doesn't keep track of mind unless you direct it to. It doesn't keep track of time, excuse me, unless you direct it to. That's why, that's part of the structure of uh, trauma is to the traumatized person, the veteran who went through an explosion or got shot or watched a friend get shot, to that person, that trauma isn't in the past, it's happening right now. And so when you say up until now, and I'm not saying it would work with trauma, but with limiting self-talk it works. Up until now takes that belief and it binds it in time. It says it's the case in the past and now we're stopping it. So it tells the unconscious, bind it in time, bind it into the past. And then what it does is it makes it, it's very tricky. It's very clever. When you say up until now, it was my experience that I didn't close the big money clients. Not I, I as a person, I as an entity can't do it, but my experience was that I didn't do it. Do you understand? It yes. becomes about a series of events rather than who you are. One of the things they'll teach you in NLP or if someone is a master and I consider myself a master, you can change beliefs about people's skill set. That's the easiest thing to do. Then you can change beliefs about people's sense of possibility, what's possible in the world what's possible for me, their sense of capability. What am I capable of doing? What can I do? Their sense of what they deserve and then their sense of identity. These first two, their identity and what they deserve are really hard to change. But it's like a house of cards. If you pull out, if you pull out the card that's holding up the rest, they'll tumble. That's why we want to work at the level of skill. I don't teach my clients to say, I am a great closer. I am a great closer. I am a great closer. The problem with that is you have 100,000 repetitions of negative dialogue saying, I suck as a closer. I'm a shitty closer. When there's a conflict in the mind like that, change becomes exhausting. So if you're listening to me, as you're listening to me and getting the recognition that yes, change has felt exhausting before, that's the structure of how, not why. I don't care why it happens. I only look at the how, the structure of it. This is another, another orientation of NLP. We don't care why people do things. We are interested in how they take place. What's the process? What's the structure? So traditional advice where you just give yourself affirmations like, 
I am a great closer. I am a big money closer. Eventually that can work, but it's exhausting. And we want to make change, personal fulfillment, personal empowerment, self-improvement, whatever it is, to be as friction-free as possible. Because that mental friction on the unconscious level is exhausting. If, as you're listening to me, you have felt exhausted in your journey, it's not your fault. It is not your fault. It is a result of how we're taught to learn and what you've been taught by all your self-development teachers. And, and one more thing, I know I'm talking a lot, but I wanna throw this in. There's many great trainings out there in sales. There's great people who, who train real estate sales. I don't wanna undercut myself, but there's some really good people who've been around a long time. Their trainings are not wrong, they're incomplete because the one thing they don't teach you, they don't teach you how to learn from your mistakes. And in any application of any technology, of any course, you're gonna make mistakes. They will tell you things like, well, just learn from every experience. Have you ever heard that piece of advice, Brian? Yes, of course. Has anyone ever given you an exact process to do it? I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of different ways to do it, but I couldn't repeat, oh yeah, this is exactly the three or five steps you need to take in order to Right, that. there's usually not one offered in any course that's sold to you. And this is one of the things I do is I spend a good chunk of time when I, when I take on clients. And when I used to do group trainings before COVID hit, that I teach them a unique way to very quickly move up that learning curve. And again, I developed this working with people who are really stuck. 30, 40, 50 year old guys who'd never had a date in their life. And believe me, when they'd made mistakes, they would shoot themselves down and stay depressed for weeks until I came up with the stuff and got them out of it so they could move up the learning curve very quickly. If I can work with the most stuck, screwed up, emotionally impacted people and get them where they wanna go, I've gotten emails saying, here's a picture of my wife and my family, et cetera, et cetera. If I can do that, then I can take competent people who have got it pretty well together and show them how to exponentially increase their sales results. Believe me, sales is easy compared to that old job. So Paul, uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, we, we, have, we have about 10 more minutes. Sure. Uh, I'm loving this. Necessary. So I wanted to ask you, like you've given a lot of great advice. If I want to know more, like what is it you offer? I know you're a speaker. Uh, it sounds like you do personal coaching, maybe you do group coaching. What are the different things that I can get from you if I want to know more? Well, like I said, it's a big checkbook to, uh, you have to open a pretty big checkbook to work. That's for all me. relative. What well, is a big checkbook? Well, let's just say that, uh, it's at least five figures and you have to apply. You have to make it, I'll give you a, a place where you can go to apply to talk to me. And I also should say, I only work with people, I have criteria back here on my class board of the kind of personality and the kind of character of the person I wanna work with. Even if they have the money, they have to fit all these criteria, which are, I can read you some of them, but I don't wanna go into my, uh, what my office looks like today, it's a mess. So the other thing is, if you go to paulrossbook.com, you can get that course on how to destroy objections. I believe we have another one called Subtle Words for Super Sales. And it'll also show you how to get my book on Amazon, but it'll redirect so Paul you back. Ross, paulrossbook.com. Right. If you want to apply to have a session with me, it's speaker Paul Ross forward slash apply speaker Paul Ross forward slash apply. And I will only work with people who are already pretty much near the top of, of their field, but they want, they're not content with being stars. They want to be superstars. So, and who are ready to put in the work because I am a trainer and a coach who will work your ass off. Uh, but it's worth the results. So your, your focus is primarily uh, focusing on increasing their sales skills, turning them into a superstar. What about at a personal level, um, like with their personal life? Well, are you talking about dating yeah. coaching? Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about dating. Let's say somebody has a family and they just want to take their personal life to a different level, you know, um, call it their relationships, their friends, their family, their, uh, you know, we business is one of those, but then you have health, you have 
um, wealth, you know, all those, all those different areas. I'm not a generalist. I'm a specialist. There are people you can go to for that. If you open a big enough checkbook, I can help you with that. The problem is it requires me to create an individual, completely new curriculum. And, and so you're paying for, for 10,000 hours of experience plus all the hours it takes to create the curriculum. So that's so, so not- you're, you're focused on really the business sales side right. of it. Right, now, okay. now the tools become applicable as you make them second nature, you will just naturally find yourself bringing it into the rest of your life. You can't not do it. I have a guy who I love working with. His contract with me is about to run out in, in about two months and I like him so much. I'm gonna tell him, look, once a month, check in with me for half an hour because I love talking to you. I took him from being at the bottom of the, literally the bottom of the company with um, a major, let's just say they advertise on TV. They're one of the top mortgage loan companies in the country. I took him from the bottom to being the top 10%. But as a result of talking to me, he quit drinking and the drinking was going to ruin his marriage. He, he virtually quit. He still has one now and again because he was such a good client and we developed such a good rapport. That's rare, but he was able to take the techniques on his own and apply it to his personal life and his relationships. I didn't do that. I just got him to understand it to the point where he converted it on his own. But I'm not a Tony Robbins kind of coach and trainer. I'm strictly about sales and and that, but a, a huge part of that is mindset. And I know stuff about changing minds because, again, I work with some pretty damaged minds. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, mindset is definitely something that you're going to be focusing on uh, as as part of that coaching because that's that that's really the core of of what's going to get them there. Um, in I can give you a freebie you know, there too. Yeah, let's hear it again. I. This is for my clients for fifty thousand and up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you because I want to give value and and what the heck, <laughs> I can't not I can't not teach I have to teach, which is and this is another batshit crazy concept. In order to really be successful, I think in any area of, any area of life, we have to create a balance between three types of consciousness. And again, this is only my model. There's creative consciousness where you tap into your unconscious mind, your creativity, your ability to come up with new solutions. Very, very powerful, very important. There's will consciousness, and this is very strongly emphasized in the entrepreneurial world. Learn, always keep going. Don't let anything keep you down. Get up. If you're knocked down eight times, get up nine times. Yep. That's very important. You have to have will. But then there's what I call witness consciousness. This is something you develop through a meditative practice and it's the ability to see what you did without attaching it to your sense of identity. I say a big, look, people can come to me for NLP to cure them of a phobia of spiders. If they're afraid of spiders, I can cure the phobia half an hour, no problem. That's a small change, but the big transformational change happens for people when they're no longer looking through their patterns they're looking at them. And so developing that kind of witness consciousness so you can look at what you did without hypnotizing yourself back into it is a huge skill set that's not taught. It also enables you to emotionally regulate. The skill set of emotionally self-regulating is not taught. But these are all things that are necessary to develop emotional intelligence, to develop EQ. EQ, when you have emotional intelligence, it's extremely attractive. It's attractive to a client you want to sell to. It's attractive in a situation where you want to connect with someone of, that you're attracted to. If you're a leader it, politically, demonstrating that. But in order to do it, you have to be able to be aware of your own emotions without getting attached to them. So building witness consciousness and knowing when to bring the balance of those into what context of life you're in. I know I'm speaking very abstractly, so let me bring it down to the ground for you and be specific. As an entrepreneur, having that will consciousness saying, yes, I'm going to get this done. Nothing's going to stand in my way. You know that that's crucial, correct? Yes. 
But in a personal relationship, if you bring that into your personal relationship with your spouse or your significant other, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a real problem. So depending on the context, you know, you have to know when to balance those things out. Now you have to have a little bit of will consciousness in a personal relationship or you'll miss the power dynamic. But if you have too much, then you're going to get screwed up. And this is learning how to create these different states of consciousness and balance them out. Again, this is a crazy idea. Selling is about states of consciousness. Being personally happy, I think, is about balancing different states of consciousness. This thing of developing witness consciousness is, I think, something that's been missing. It's not something that's brought into the world of sales very much. And I think it needs to be there. Yeah. All right, Paul. Well, uh, we're about out of time today. So uh, thank you so much for joining. Our, to our listeners, uh, if you'll go pass this along to you know those around you, uh, share this podcast. Also, if you'll go subscribe to the podcast, you'll get notified every time we actually release a new one, which we happen to do on every Tuesday. And then if, uh, if you want to go give us a five-star rating, that would mean uh, the world to me as well. So, do it. Uh, Paul, any last words of advice you'd like to leave before, before we drop off? Or is there any way other than speakerpaulross.com that people should go to get a hold of you? So it's speakerpaulross.com forward slash apply. Okay. It's paulrossbook.com if you want to get that video course. You can always find yourself naturally doing both. Or uh, finally, I love to get email from people. So just email me, paul at speakerpaulross.com. And, speaker and the subject is, you're wonderful, Paul. <laughs> All right. Now you know how to get a hold of him. You're wonderful, Paul. Paul, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Great I, having you here. And uh, I, I look forward to getting to know you better in the future. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.